one. Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host this afternoon, Ed Montana. Alongside me today, my brother, my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother Alex. Alex, how you doing? What's up, my brother? What's going on? Partner in crime. If you had to commit a crime, who would you pick as a partner? <laughs> you know, there's very few, there's very few people, but like I would I would pick you. Like you would be one of the people. There's only like two or three, but you would be one of them. Like I would pick you because cool. I know I know that you would if I said Alex, I did this, you have to help me out of it. I know A, you would help me no matter what it was. No matter how bad it was, unless it was something right. like against mom and dad, you would help me. And two, right. if I said don't say a word to anybody, I know you would. So yeah, it would be it would you would be one there's only like three three people in my life that i would how about you oh well thanks i feel privileged i guess <laughs> it's an honor to know i would be a good partner in crime how about you who would you pick well i mean i would definitely pick you because big brother always takes care of little brother and right so i think yeah. that would you, you would fit the description uh maybe one or two other people that I can think of. Yeah. Definitely cousin Jay. Cousin Jay, I would definitely pick. See, I wouldn't. Really? I, I don't would. know. I don't know why, but I get the feeling he'd open his mouth and tell somebody. I, I don't know, man. These days, cousin Jay is looking very slim. So he's obviously not opened his mouth very big. So um <laughs> Uh, that's so true right i think he would keep his mouth shut so for, for for just to catch people up everyone's heard us mention our cousin jay from philly who is <clears throat> mortal enemy number one after this past weekend where the phillies drubbed the mets and took over first place in the nl east but cousin jay had a goal of losing 45 pounds before his 45th birthday which is in november and he set this goal in january motherfucker already hit it he already hit it. He lost 45 pounds by like, it was a couple of weeks ago, right? It was in July. So it only took him yeah, seven yeah. months to lose 45 pounds. And look, everybody's on their own path and it's different for everybody. But for, but for Jay to lose six pounds a month for seven straight months, right? Cause that's what it works out to on average. I mean, it's incredible. And it's, it's like, look, it's like every other good story you've heard. He started off by just watching what he ate. Once he started feeling better, losing a few pounds, he got motivated, started walking, then started running a little bit. And eventually between exercise and diet, he's transformed himself. He does look, I mean, he looks like a different person. Absolutely. Absolutely. So shout out to cousin Jay. Cause I mean, that's, I mean, seriously, I, I mean, and I don't think he just from judging, I, I don't think he, told many people if anybody because we had no idea so and think about it too this is like during covid when he's work while he's working at home and you know the fridge is right there right and so i mean that's that's pretty impressive man I'm not yeah gonna lie. i mean look and and i can attest to the whole covid thing i've been home since march of last year right so i'm 
about 18 months into being working from home, right? We were supposed to go back to the office at the beginning of August. It got pushed back another month because of the recent spike from the Delta variant. Um, and I have, I have slowly gone up the scale and I haven't put on a lot of weight, but I mean, I work out every day. I mean, I run right. every single day and I've still managed to put on weight. Um, and, and my, and the, and like, even though I haven't put on a lot of weight, I think about 12 pounds total, it's, you can tell it's redistributed, not right. Right. Like I'm starting to get a gut, which I've never had. Even when I've been this heavy before, I didn't have a gut, but now I do. And it's just, it's just hard, man, being at home all the time. And um, so, yeah, it, it makes it even more impressive that he's lost that much weight over the span of seven months. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So if uh, cousin Jay can do it, you can do it. That's right. That's right. Because God knows that he's a foodie too. Like he yep. loves him some food and he does a whole lot of cooking and bread and pasta and pizzas and stuff. So, you know, I'm sure he likes a little bit of those beverages and whatnot, but so yeah, transformation for him. Hey, look, you know, it's been um, the last week of July saw a transformation for a lot of baseball teams because mm. Friday, July 30th was the trade deadline. Now you can still make trades after that, but it would affect your postseason roster. You had to make change. You had to make trades before July 30th. So that these guys that you traded for traded away could be on postseason rosters. So that's the real, you know, that's the real push for a lot of teams. <clears throat> to me, no surprise that the Cubs were big sellers. It's, it's kind of sad in a way to see, um, really the face of the faces of that franchise over the last five years, just gone in a matter of 48 hours, Javi Baez to the Mets, Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees, Chris Bryant to the Giants. I don't know what they got for it, but hopefully it's something that pushes them back towards a world series because what they gave away was the core of their world series team. And in a way we see this a lot come the trade deadline but for some reason, that one in particular made me kind of sad. It wasn't just uh, your regular old fire sale like the Marlins do every five years. It was, it, it felt different, and it really made me kind of sad for, uh, you know, Cubs fans all around the world who are very, very passionate about their team. But, you know, it's it's the way it goes, man. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think – any of us were shocked that they got traded. I think we, I think you and I both thought they keep one right out of the three. And not only did they unload the, those three guys, they also got rid of their closer who's been freaking lights out and they ship him, they ship him across town to the white Sox. Yeah. Which, you know, so, back, back in the, you know, before the turn of the century, they would have never made that deal. But now since both teams have won a World Series, right, the, the White Sox in 2005, which it's a long time ago, but not that long ago, and the Cubs in 2016, 17, whenever it was, you know, they're more likely to make a deal now. <clears throat> so what was the – Yeah, but it's still – Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, but even so, it's still – you just don't see it that often. Like it doesn't, 
I mean, what, what, I mean, Kimbrel is having is having a great season, and and the White Sox before adding Kimbrel were have one of the best bullpens and you know one of the best teams in the in the majors. So I don't know. I was I was a little shocked that they traded him to the White Sox, but you just don't happen to see it too often, you know. Which uh, which deal uh, do you think? Which one kind of raised your eyebrows the most? Uh, well, I mean, the Javi Baez kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit. I think I think the Mets got the wrong Cub to begin with, and they got a baseball player that he has an elite glove, is a great base runner but he doesn't complement what the Mets have been up until the deadline and up until now. He's a low base on ball guy, <clears throat> high strikeout rate. His average is like 240, 245. So it, it didn't complement what, you know, what, what, what the Mets were needing. I think he fits in because the Mets are not hidden. Like they haven't been hidden you know, up into the trade deadline. So I don't, I don't, I don't see how that, that really helps. I mean, it's nice that he's got 24 home runs, but that he swings at bad pitches. I, I'm really not in love with the guy. And, you know, if, if I, if I had to choose Chris Bryant was, was, was the player that I would have traded for. And so, you know, and it, it, it's an, it's, it's an eyebrow raiser because, you know, the Mets are all in on analytics Sandy Alderson is, is, you know, kind of running the, the front office a little bit. So it's like, if, if, if you're that heavy into analytics, then how does a high strikeout, low base on ball guy help out a team that is second to last in run scored per game? Only other team worse are the Pirates. How does that help? So I that one is definitely an eyebrow razor, head scratcher, all that stuff. Yeah, I I agree with you. It was uh, I didn't I didn't quite get that deal from the Mets' perspective. I like Javi Baez; he's very very entertaining. But in terms of what the Mets needed, you know, yeah, Chris Bryant was a would have been a better a better have, and quite frankly, more bullpen help would have been better too. Um, you know, the yeah. the bullpen has been good, but. But it is a, a bit of a weak point. You know, I think the Mets kind of got lulled into a false sense of security with their lineup. You know, they they have hit they hit decently going up to the all-star break. They had a few spots where they were bad with runners in scoring position, runners on base in general, blah, blah, blah. But then they seemed to overcome that. They went through the rash of injuries and they kind of got through it. And I think they kind of fell in love with it and they thought, oh yeah, we're, we're a good hitting team. We'll, we'll bring in another bat. And, you know, since the all-star break, they reverted back to the team that they were before the, the team that they, that we thought they were going to be before the season started. We, we thought they were going to be a average hitting team that did not perform well with runners on base and runners in scoring position. And it's, you know, this is the team that they are, this is what they're doing. And they bring in a guy who's, admittedly not good in terms of getting on base and things like that. So with a high strikeout rate and whatnot. So I, I didn't agree with the deal either in spite of the fact that I like them. The, the, the team that surprised me is 
you know, I didn't, I didn't really think the Dodgers had to do anything. And, and then they went out and they got Max Scherzer, which, you know, it's just another solid arm for that rotation. I think they probably needed bullpen help more than, more than another starter. But if you have another starter who's going to take some of the weight off the bullpen, doesn't that kind of make your bullpen better? And it's really kind of a case of the rich get richer, right? It's not like they really needed to make a big move here for the, all, at, at, the, at the trade deadline because they're one of the top teams in the league. But yet here, here we are. They made another move, and now they're that much better than they were before the trade deadline. Not only Max Scherzer, they got Trey Turner. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, like, where do you put Trey Turner at this point? I guess you can play him in second base. I mean, heck, they're playing they're playing Mookie Betts at second base. So, I mean, they're fucking loaded. Yeah. Um, and just back to Max Scherzer real quick. The Dodgers are going to the postseason. They're going to at least play a wild card game, right? Um, but they're going to be in the postseason. They, they win that wild card game. I mean, you hardly need a bullpen. Now you got guys who can go seven, eight innings, right? Walker Bueller, uh, Max Scherzer, Kershaw. I mean, heck, the Diamondbacks did it with with two greats, right? With Schilling and Randy Johnson. The Dodgers have three. So, I mean, bullpen, you know, hardly comes into play in the postseason, right? Less so. Yeah, less so. Especially when you got right, that, right. that kind of that those kind of starters. It's crazy. Yeah. Um I thought the, the, I the thought, other go ahead. No, I was gonna say the other team I think that did pretty well and they did actually, you know, opposite, or they did what I would have liked the Mets to have done or the Yankees. You know, that that's a very righty heavy lineup. They went and got two left-handed bats. You know, that, you know, Joey Gallo, he's kind of like Javi Baez, right? He's going to swing for the fences, right? But, I mean, in that ballpark, you know, a routine fly ball for Gallo is is, is out of there. Mm-hmm. And then you got Anthony Rizzo, uh, who, who can play first base, can DH, and obviously another left-handed bat, has got the postseason experience, can pass that down to the rest of the clubhouse. So I think the Yankees did pretty well. Uh, you know, kind of fixing what was broken with that lineup, you know, yeah. it was a need. And I think they, they got it. Yeah. While I think the move was good, I am, uh, I am critical of them. I think they needed pitching help more than they needed a, a left-handed bat. And, you know, their, their starting pitching is not great. Their bullpen is not great. Chapman has been a real issue this year. And they did nothing to address that. So while picking up two left-handed bats for a right-handed bat, uh, right-handed heavy lineup is good, I still don't I don't, I don't give that that trade deadline the, those trade deadline moves a very high grade. I don't give the team a high grade because I think they didn't address the most glaring issue, which is the pitching. Um, I think the Giants did great to get Chris Bryant. That's a good good pickup for them. Uh, same thing as the Anthony Rizzo deal, right? It was it's good to have a guy who um, has that playoff experience for a team that's a you know that does not have a lot of playoff experience. So, uh, you know, good for them. And uh, you know, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to do really well in San Francisco. 
Yeah. <clears throat> can 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 the Giants can the Giants keep up? I mean, they're like the most non-talked about team. I don't think they've gotten the respect that they may deserve so far. I think the that I mean, no one's they they don't even have no one's given them a chance to win a division. It's kind of disrespectful. Hundred games in, and they're just you know they're they're playing great, they're playing great baseball. Uh, I, I think part of the problem is they don't have they don't have the uh, Aaron judges, and they don't have the uh, the swag of the White Sox with Tim Anderson, right? They got like this this really low key team. And uh, I don't know. That may be dangerous for everybody else in the National League come playoff time. I think they may prove some people wrong. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. And look, it's um, it, there's nothing to sneeze at with that team. I mean, they are four games ahead of the Dodgers right now. So, you know, they, they're going to make the playoffs. And uh, they're, they're a real problem for, for anyone else out there. And, and yeah, you're right. They don't get any other respect. Um, they don't seem to be, um, they don't seem to, to garner any attention somehow, but they're there. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see how it all shakes out in the West. I think it's going to be quite entertaining. I'm trying to pull up um, batting stats. Here we go. Team stats. The Giants are. So the Giants are league average and batting average. And their OPS is a little bit higher than the average 761 to 722. So, it, you know, it's, it's the pitching that's doing the job. Now they could have used another starter, right? Uh, their team ERA is 440. It's a little bit higher than the average of 421. Their WHIP is at 1298. I mean, they're they're doing it with average numbers, but somehow they're doing it right. They they just keep doing the damn thing, and I think that's why people won't uh, are not giving them the the respect that you know that they deserve. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, their their whip is a league best one one two two. So that's how that's how they're doing it. Pitching. That's amazing. Even better than the Dodgers. And it sounds uh, like they've also been able to stay healthy. You know. Yeah. Well, that's been that a big helps. thing. That's been a big thing. Um, what else? You know what other team? You know I'm what sorry? other team nobody's really talking about, and they actually just finished a series against the the, the Giants. Has been the Brewers. Like the Brewers have been kind of quietly, uh, you know, playing some really good ball. They added uh, Willie Adamas from from the Rays. That was that. I mean, that's proven to be a really good pickup. And that guy's. I mean, I've heard his name in like MVP talk for the National League. He's really come in and, and played really, really good. So uh, 
you know, watch out for the Brewers. That's that's another team that, again, nobody's really talking about a lot, right? Small yeah. market. Look, and they're they're up five in the Central, and there's really no one behind them that that scares me, right? The Reds are five games back, but you know the Reds are. I think I feel like the Reds are are living on borrowed time. And then you've got the Cardinals, who are one game below 500, 10 and a half games out, and then the Cubs and the Pirates. So that division looks like it looks like they could pretty much easily sail into the division win and uh, and into the playoffs. So making moves like that for them, they're uh, they're obviously gearing up for the postseason. And and come postseason time, you know, playing on the road is always uh, is always a little difficult. Now, especially with, with fans being allowed in the in the uh, stadiums, Milwaukee's thirty four and nineteen away. I mean, that's that's I think that's the best road record in the majors. So that's that's impressive too that they're able to win on the road like that. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that is. I don't think anyone else has got only nineteen losses on the road. Yeah, I mean, you got the the Giants at thirty six and twenty four, the Rays are thirty three and twenty two, but not yeah. I mean that that is that is that is the best record, and by quite a bit, I think that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <clears throat> um. Hey, I think. I think uh, the American League MVP is going to be a super tight race, man. I mean, seriously, I, I think it's been fun to watch so far. I mean, those guys are going like at it. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, and it's, it, look, I'm obviously biased towards Otani, but I mean, it's going to be fun. Both of those guys are having great seasons. And unless there's an injury, I think it's going to go. I think it's going to go down to the very final day. And, and after the season's over, I think we're going to still debate it back and forth. And it could be one of the closest races ever because both guys have been incredibly impressive uh, all season long. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, <clears throat> anything else that catch your eye at the trade deadline? Uh, no, not really. Um, uh, uh, Houston, Houston's another team, right? I mean, they're obviously like the most hated team in the majors or in sports altogether. And I mean, they went in and and got themselves some help, right? Some bullpen help that they that they needed. I feel like they fleeced the, uh, uh, you know, they within their own division, but they they went and got some help, and you know, that's good for them. I think the White Sox. White Sox already had a good bullpen. They went and got Kimbrough. I think that was that was kind of like a, I don't know. I felt like that was a power move. Like they want to go out there and just dominate because we know what the offense can do, right? Well, basically, what they're what they're telling everybody is either you either you try to win this game in the first six innings or you're not going to win it. And oh, by the way. You know, we're so we're gonna play nine innings because we've got a good lineup and you gotta worry about us all game long. You're gonna play six innings and you have to do it against a pretty good starting rotation too, you with Jolito and Lynn. Right. So 
you know, they're really setting themselves up nicely for the postseason, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So we'll see. Uh, all right. Well, I don't I don't see anything else that really catches my eye in terms of the trade deadline. Um, <clears throat> have you enjoyed the last couple of weeks of baseball? I mean, a baseball fan, yeah. As a Mets fan, not much. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think uh, you know, aside from a couple divisions, you know, the AL East is 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 looking a little tighter than it was maybe a couple weeks ago. You know, the White Sox seem to be running away in the Central. I don't think nobody's going to catch up to Houston. Uh, yeah, Oakland's only two obviously. games out. Oh, are they? Yeah, I know. I, I said, look, when I looked at the standings this morning, I said the same thing. I said, Oakland's only two games out? The Astros have been on a bit of a skid here the last four or five games, but still, I thought they yeah. had a bigger lead than that. Uh, I think the AL East is going to be really interesting. I mean, the Rays have a four-game a four game lead over the Red Sox, but the Yankees are playing better. They're coming. The Blue Jays are playing better. They're coming. I mean, both of those teams – I've won seven of their last eight, I think, or some crazy number like that. So, you know, it's starting to really compact in the uh, in the AL East, and I think that's going to be probably the most entertaining of all of the uh, of all of the races because those teams will be fighting for the division, and they'll be fighting for a playoff spot against uh, the A's out west. Yeah, I mean, you got Tampa Bay, the Yankees, and Toronto. They're eight and two in their last 10. I mean, Toronto's seven games out of the division, but, uh, you know, heading into the, the last month of the season, you're going to see a lot of divisional games, which could, you know, anything can happen there, being that these four teams are so, so close to each other. And I mean, they're only three games back of the wild card. So, uh, yeah, that one could be a, uh, that one could, come down that division could come down to the uh, last two weeks of the season there yeah it's going to be very very interesting and you know like you mentioned earlier as a Mets fan uh the 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 two weeks or three weeks since the all-star break have not been great but that division is getting really entertaining now because whereas the Mets had about a five game lead at one point now the Phillies are up in that division they're up two on the Braves, two and a half on the Mets. I don't know how the Braves are doing it, to be honest with you, because <clears throat> that's a team that has gone through a lot of injuries. You know, they lost Acuna. They, remember, they lost Ozuna as well due to uh, being on the uh, MLB suspension list. And, and somehow they're still hanging right in there. Granted, it's not the best division in the, in the league, but it looks like we're going to have a three a three team race down to the bitter end. <clears throat> Yeah, and Atlanta's another team that at the trade deadline, you know, they, they lost Acuna, and they went and got uh, so, uh, Jorge, uh, what's his last name? Soler. Soler. I mean, he doesn't hit for a lot of average, but, I mean, he hits home runs. So that, you know, it, it doesn't replace Acuna's, uh, you know, home run total, but, I mean, he gives the team some some power, right? So pop, yeah. Yeah. And the Phillies are playing good baseball, man. I mean, they they right now have like the front runner for 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 the National League Cy Young. Now you can 
probably put Bryce Harper into the MVP conversation. I mean, he's playing really good. The bullpen, which was really bad earlier this season, horrible last year, is kind of turning it turn it, it around. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing good at the right time. So I'll tell you what, um, I, I agree with almost everything you said about the Phillies, except for the bullpen thing. While their bullpen has played better here in the last couple of weeks, I still think the bullpen is their Achilles heel. Um, their bullpen yeah. is a their bullpen is a problem, and you know they've gotten away with it uh, a little bit in, in some instances. I mean, just a couple of days ago, they took a 5-0 lead into the ninth inning, gave up three solo shots, and uh, and ended up holding on to win five three. You know, one or two players get on base and you still give up those three home runs. And then all of a sudden you're in a tie game and, and things are a mess. So I still think that they are. They're a kid. Their pitching is just their bullpen, especially. They're going to have to get a lot of deep, deep starts from from Wheeler and Ariola. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Aaron Nola. <laughs> you keep calling them Ariola on our text string and it just. Uh, I mean, it, it, it goes together with his actual name. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nola and Wheeler are going to have to go deep in games in order to keep yeah. that bullpen fresh and, and, and keep them off the field basically, because right. the, more, the more innings that bullpen logs, the riskier it gets for the, for the uh, Phillies to win games. Yeah, um, absolutely. And the other thing in that division is there's no fallback. Either you win the division or you're out. There's no wild yeah. card for that division. Basically, basically. So, yeah. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? I'm, I'm, I need to go back and look at the wild card standings for the NL. Right now, you got the Dodgers and the Padres in the wild card. The Padres really – did the Padres do anything at the trade deadline? Uh, they got Adam Frazier, the second baseman from the um, Pirates. From the Pirates, that was a good pickup. But now you lose, you lose Tatis now. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, so I don't know. And the Reds, the Reds are sniffing there behind. They're only two and a half games out behind the uh, the last wild card spot. Yeah, I've heard that the Reds are behind sniffers. <laughs> uh all right what else you got in baseball uh that's it we pretty much covered the past two weeks yeah i'd say okay let's move on uh did you watch the hall of fame induction ceremonies you know Yes and no. I, I kind of missed it. I was like, it's it totally messed me up because it's it was two days. I didn't know it was two days. And I'm over here online Sunday morning looking for Peyton Manning's speech because I, I, I missed it or I thought I missed it on Saturday because I got the tail end of the ceremony Saturday night. And I'm like, I can't find it anywhere. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, are they making us like pay for pay for Peyton Manning's speech or something? I'm like, what the hell's going on? And so I ended up missing it again yesterday when it, on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go like on YouTube. 
YouTube and listen to it. So, uh, you know, congrats to everybody, but they they really did Peyton Manning and his forehead dirty, <laughs> like dirty. You didn't you didn't like his bust? I mean, I liked it, but it was. I mean, that's a big. I mean, I know he's got a big forehead, but I mean, the bust has a huge forehead. <laughs> Poor guy, man. Like it might have overdone it. Just a little bit. <laughs> uh, I I I really enjoy um, the Hall of Fame inductions and whatnot. Um, it's always amazing to me. Uh, to hear the stories about when they were kids and, and uh, you know, the people that were impactful in their lives. I mean, obviously sometimes you, sometimes you take it for granted, right. <clears throat> uh, that there'll be uh, parents and coaches, but the way they talk so reverently about their teammates and their experience, <clears throat> you really get the feeling that for all of those guys who make it to the ultimate uh, accomplishment of being inducted into the hall of fame. It's the, the time that they, the time that they get to play the game and how much they love the game itself is really what makes it all worth it for them and why they put in the effort and why they are who they end up being right. Hall of fame inductees. And it's, it's special to watch. And, you know, I, I, I enjoy it so much, you know, some of those guys, I, you know, obviously I remember as I watched them play a lot. Um, some of them I saw play in college a lot, um, you know, like Charles Woodson and, and whatnot. And, but I mean, Drew Pearson, when I was a kid, um, Peyton Manning, obviously is, uh, the most notable name on, on that list. Uh, but even guys like John Lynch, you know, and, and Calvin Johnson, Megatron, you know, right. Just incredible. What, what they uh, what they accomplish and it, it, it's it's truly a joy to hear them talk about their experiences and what they're grateful for and um, and how they got to be as accomplished as they are it's it's fantastic and the busts are you know unique well at least they didn't mess up like Ronaldo's uh, stat a bust for whatever yeah. it was that Statue. he got. Yeah, I, I can't remember what what they it was done for, but so. Yeah, some of them are ridiculous. These yeah. were, you know, they were okay. I don't. If you were if you were going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame, right? And let's say you're, uh, let's say you're fifty, right? And you finished playing when you were forty, right? So it's ten years later. I mean, Peyton Manning's case, it's five years later. But in some of these guys, it's several years later, right? Yeah. Do you want the bus to look more like you today, or do you want it to look more like you at the end of your playing career? Make it look like my best season. Whatever my best season was, that's how I want it to look. <laughs> right. Like I would think if it was me. Right now, granted, they don't have gray hair or whatever. Right, the hair is the same color as the bust, but right, I would think that I would want it to be to look more like my last season, right? Or you know, somewhere in that time frame. Not now, right? Because now, like Drew Pearson is almost seventy. 
I no. want it if I was Drew Pearson and it took a long time for him to get into the Hall of Fame, I wouldn't want the bust of me now. Right. In 70. I would want the one of when I was 35 and I retired. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah. talk about a tough job. Can you imagine that job having to be the bust maker? Now, do they get to see the bust before? Or the first time they see it is, is when they unveil it at the ceremony. I don't, I would think they don't see it until the ceremony. Yeah, fuck that. I want to see it before because you're not going to mess that up. <laughs> I mean, think about it, bro. Like, like Ronaldo's, right? For like, if that was in the Hall of Fame, I mean, you want little kids to like, you know, be like, who the hell is that, dad? Like, is he an <laughs> alien? Like, well, what the heck? Here's my other question. If you get inducted into the Hall of Fame, like if I got inducted into the Hall of Fame, once all of my stuff was in there, I'd want to go check it out. <laughs> like, do they yeah. go to the do they go to the Hall of Fame and walk around and like like every other tourist and go, oh look, it's the Ed Montana section. Let me look at this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's so hard to imagine, right? It's so hard to imagine being so good at something that you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah that's impressive. I, mean, I should be in the Hall of Fame, but... You can induct I yourself. Be, I should be in the Philosophy Hall of Fame. <laughs> the greatest philosopher of all time. That's right. The man with the most philosophies. The Pope. <laughs> <laughs> um well you got you got anything else about the hall of fame <laughs> no nah, nothing else about the hall of fame hey real quick to basketball did you see that the uh starting in the summer league the nba has uh directed the officials the referees to stop calling uh defensive fouls on lean-ins from the shooters. So what I've been complaining about for so long is going to change in the NBA. How great is that? That's, that's going to cost James Harden like five points a game. He does that at it's, least five times a night. Yeah. Is the, NBA, is the NBA trying to lower scoring by the Brooklyn Nets? Is that what they're trying to do? Quite frankly, I don't care. I just think that's the right thing to do because I think it's bogus and pretty bullshit that oh. the that you know the offensive players get that get that privilege, get that easy way out. You know, what I, I mean? wonder now. I wonder if a guy does the jump lean in and the other player holds his ground and falls back, are they going to call charge? What do you think? I don't know. I didn't read all the details. Hmm. That would be interesting. I mean, I, I, I think that's something that should be considered. Now you're going to get guys at the three-point line flopping. <laughs> yeah, right? The defenders. The yeah. defenders are going to start flopping at the three-point line. They're just going to they're going to go down all the time now. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. That whole lean-in thing, I'm glad. I'm glad that they're doing away with it because it was, it was I mean, it, it just looked dumb. It looked dumb to call fouls on those plays. It's not, it's, it's not basketball, man. I mean, 
who who played like that on the playground? Those guys in the NBA, they didn't play like that. They didn't play like that. Yeah. Even in college. Nobody did. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. That's a yeah, that's a total NBA thing. That's a total NBA. Yeah. Thing. You yeah. know, I'm 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 not gonna lie, I'm kind of surprised at how much people like like how much people pay attention to the summer league. I was like, I could care less. Like it's weird. To me, it's weird to worry about the because think about it, like we don't pay that much attention to spring training in baseball. We don't pay that much attention to preseason football games. I mean, it's just not right. But for some reason, the summer league is getting a lot of attention. I don't know if that's an ESPN thing or if it's always been that way or what, but it, it feels kind of weird. Yeah, well, I think two things go into that. Number one is gambling. You can gamble on it. You can and bet then, on the summer league? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. Come on, man. They, you can bet a- on virtual. You can bet on virtual video games. Of course, you can bet on real summer league games. Dude, here's here's my question. Since we're gonna talk, since we're talking about betting, does anyone bet on the casino on those like on your on your online betting sites? Like I, you know, obviously I've been to right. a few. They have casinos where you can play blackjack right. and roulette. Does anyone actually play roulette on on a on a betting website? I mean, like, how much of a degenerate do you have to be? I've done it once. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I've done it once, and I do not recommend it. I mean, it's... <laughs> let me guess. It was not a money making adventure. Is it, you shouldn't do it. <laughs> No, not at all. I lost five bucks. But yeah, no, I mean that that definitely no. I mean, I'd rather bet I'd rather bet on an NFL preseason game than than that. I mean, there's no way. Oh, geez. I can't believe there's betting on summer league. Yeah. That's I mean, crazy. You can bet on uh NFL preseason games. I can't believe people bet on preseason games either. I mean, that's even yeah. that's nuts to me. That's absolutely nuts. Yeah. But huh? All right, man. You got anything else? Uh, no, nah, man. I think I think we covered it. We covered it like a blanket. That's right. Um, if folks want to get a hold of you and talk about degenerate gambling, how do they do that? On Twitter at Brooklyn Gaucho One. If you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me on Twitter as well at emontana Twenty One. You can always email the show, positivesports10 at gmail.com, positivesports10 at gmail.com. And this wonderful podcast you can catch on all of your podcast platforms like YouTube, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever podcast platform you choose to listen to and or watch podcasts. Uh, and with that, we've come to the end of another wonderful episode of the Positive Sports Podcast. As always, folks. Ignore the negativity, be the positivity. Peace.